Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world, welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast. Woo! Today on episode 151, I was very lucky to have, very privileged to have, uh, Tim uh, King on the podcast. Ah, he is a a creative uh, copywriter as well as a content strategist. We talked about a number of things, how he got started as a creative copywriter and a content strategist. We also talked about where we he believes the future might be going with uh, content strategy uh, we covered a lot we talked about clubhouse we talked about basically the sort of different acquisitions um, Spotify have made in the sort of development of their sort of platform for podcasts as well um, I have to say a very informative podcast and I yeah I'm sure you will enjoy it so please sit back enjoy the podcast please don't forget subscribe to the podcast help support us and help us out uh, grow a little bit stronger have a great day enjoy the show and yeah be awesome peace <laughs> oh ah hello my friends hello my life warriors wherever you are in the world welcome to the day in day out podcast Woo! today on episode 151 i am quite fortunate and very lucky to have oh tim king oh hell the king <laughs> he is a creative copywriter and content content strategist how are you today sir i'm going really well thanks very much Wonderful to be on the show. Excellent, excellent. Like on Zoom recently, they've changed things around. So when you hit record, it says recording in progress. It like the first time it happened to me, it threw me off quite considerably. Uh, <laughs> I going, I've never heard that before, but it keeps on. I'm not used to it yet. So it's like, yes. Yeah. So there's a momentary pause. But yeah, <laughs> I have to say thank you for coming on to the show today. Now one of the questions which comes to mind when they say content strategist what is that exactly that is a really great question it's something that i i answer quite a lot um, I'm, sure. I'm on a few different social media platforms as you can imagine oh, um more particularly some of the some of the social media platforms um that i've got into recently are, are audio ones uh, called clubhouse and green room and um i get asked that that question a lot. So a content strategist really is a person who will step right back from the content. I'll take a good look at the entire picture of all the content you create, not just the Facebook posts over here or the Instagram posts or the email cam- campaigns and sequences, mm. what your website looks like and, and how you publish content. And they'll actually help you design a map of not just when to post, but what to post mm. and in which situation you should post those things as well. So it could be you're trying to target a, a particular set of demographic and you'll create and craft a map to be able to get into the, the you know, the hearts and minds of that demographic, particularly um, identifying ideal customers, setting through customer journey maps um, and just understanding, you know, when and where to be able to best create and publish your content. Yeah. I can imagine something like this is one of those things which is always sort of classically misunderstood because when someone goes content they go okay yeah right uh content yeah it's what i do and like what how i get that across it's just like bam it's just that simple but uh, they're not actually i don't i think it's just these days you can see it as uh, especially someone who's used uh facebook ads before you can sort of see the demographics a little bit more clearly i have a little bit more of a better understanding 
Yeah, for sure. So dem- demographic is only de- is only one part of that that whole piece, mm. though. Um, there's there's a whole heap of other things that go in there, whether it be you know um, medium and channel. So if you're communicating via images on Instagram versus mm. via video on Facebook, you know there's uh, and, or video on your your website, the copy on your website. Um, it, it depends on, as I said, which demographic you're trying to hit, what type of person you're trying to attract. Is it, is it a person who's younger or older or is it someone who's into sports or are they into motor cars? You know, there's, there's a whole plethora of reasons there. But you, you touched on a point um, which is really interesting um, about content and just, you know, a lot of people create content these days and you, you'll often find that term content creator. Yeah. Um, it's, really, it's really ironic as a term because one content creator won't, be doing anything similar to the other content creator or then even getting 10 of them in the room they'll all create something different and that's where really a content strategist can can come in and you know get into the minds of those particular creators understand what they're creating what they're trying to achieve what the ad that outcome is Mm. and then actually map a sequence or, or you know design a set of steps for them to be able to get to that outcome ah right i see and like this is the thing like with regards to what you've done what what would you say has been one of the sort of greatest misunderstandings about what you do is on the record um it's probably on the copywriting side actually it's it's one thing that i i usually have the conversation with for someone who's never heard of a copywriter before and this is this isn't a an, an uncommon thing for copywriters um when we think of the word copywriting we've usually only ever approached it or people have only ever heard it when they're talking about like the little trademark symbol or the little C symbol or the registered mark symbol that's on the end of a brand. So they, they immediately think, oh, you do the legal stuff with with brands or with with things, you trademark things. And I'm like, no, no, I, I write the words. Um, I, my The way I put it is that um, from because I'm more of a copywriter than the content strategy side at the moment, but um, I try to break it down really simply. And that is that I put the right words in the right order. Mm. That's essentially my job. Without keeping it that simple, it can be a pretty complex thing for some people to understand. <laughs> no, like no, like this is the thing. Like, it, I think it's just so sometimes so confusing when you like go, okay, I'm a copywriter, I'm a content strategist, and like you go right. Uh, I do like I come up with a complex plan and strategy for any like sort of business organization personality to like like be everywhere and everything uh, to so many people and well not everywhere and every well everywhere and everything but to sort of hit like reach out to people as effectively as possible like would you say there is one sort of strat like one sort of area is more effective than others where people respond to more or is it sort of it always changes it and that's probably the beauty of the game it's always changing it, it depending on the, the next platform that comes out or what what type of person you're trying to reach it can mm. be very different so um without being you know sexist or ageist in any way but um it's it's fairly common knowledge that you know women over 50 often use Facebook because they've obviously family connected. They've got a lot of social groups that they're a part of. Mm. Um, so marketing to them or, or you know, getting their, your content ready for launch on Facebook, as an example, to target that kind of demographic or market would be much more advantageous than starting to write on Twitter or posting on, over on Twitter because they're, they're probably not on Twitter at that point. So really audiences change for a lot of different reasons and they, they're attracted to a lot of different things. So really uh, part of my job is to understand where those demographics usually fit um, mm-hmm. and to understand how to be able to approach um, even just creating a piece of content for that demographic. Excellent. So 
how did you get started with all of this? Because look, you're like, yes, this is you right now. 20, like 21st century uh, thinking. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, how did it start with young, innocent, doughy-eyed Tim King? <laughs> sure. So look, my background, I've, I've got a bit of a varied pathway really to where I get to here. So um, my background is actually in the visual arts. So yeah. I, I went and did um, did my my uh, high school and my high school turned out okay. It, maybe I didn't get the score I particularly wanted to uh, when I f- finished high school. Found myself into a visual arts course um, and then left education completely for two years. Um, went and worked in in a number of jobs just around, um, just kind of trying out a few things, um, and eventually realised that no visual arts is actually where I was meant to be. So mm. went back in. Um, completed a diploma for two years, went to university, got my university degree, and it's hanging on my wall right next to me, which is <laughs> of, and that, and that's about as the best use it's ever had is being able to occupy a nail on my wall. Um, and um, I started, I get out of university, I start a company. So I started my own uh, business um, back in about 2005, 2006, and ran that for a couple of years, basically um, doing web development and graphic design and trying to be that kind of guy who was a bit naive in the market and bringing the web to my local region. And in 2007, I can tell you two people who I approached actually wanted websites, the rest of them didn't care. So um, by the time I diversified into doing more national and international kind of contract work, yeah. it was just too late. And um, I had to had to bite the bullet and um, fold my business in half, unfortunately. So I, I, I closed that down um, and went to work for the man for 13 years. So I've just come out of corporate life um, only late in, De- in December. Um, and just prior to that, I've, I've kind of had the inkling of starting up uh, my own business again and, and getting back into this sort of stuff. That those 13 years though taught me quite a lot about not just about business and about people and about demographics and how to be able mm. to approach this kind of stuff. Because um, it, it was originally not copywriting. I wasn't doing copywriting there, um, not initially. And eventually throughout, you know, the meandering as you do in an organization or a large organization, you, you end up having, you know, 17 different jobs. So for the time of being of working there at one point, um, I ended find, found myself in the internal communications team. Yeah. And, you know, from that, I started working with content really, really heavily. And there's, there's just been something in me for years that I've, I've been writing online for years and it just felt like the right time for me to be able to take a hold of that skill set that I've already built outside of the, of the organization and kind of bring it a little bit in. Um, and then COVID hit, of course. Mm. So throughout the COVID period, I'm still working for the company, but towards the end of last year, um, I was made redundant and needed to come up with a, a plan for the next six, 12, that end months. Yeah. Um, so I sat down and gave myself some, some distance between my last job and my, and my current job, the one I work for myself now, and uh, was tried to be as kind as I possibly could by giving myself three months off. So I spent December, January, and February pretty much not, not really working anything, not doing anything. Thankfully, with the redundancy, I was given a little bit of runway so I could go off and explore things um, and really hit the ground running early March to, uh, to get to where I am kind of doing this job on a regular basis now. That said, though, I've also been working. Um, the, the business actually ticks over about a year in 
in the end of July, uh, end of June. So mm. I've been working for about a year now, but it's just been it's been as a full time person for probably the last few months, really. But it's um, it, it draws upon all the different experiences and, and you know the, the life things that I've collected along the way. So this is more just it's kind of a um, it's the it's not quite a hail mary pass to try and you know just build something quickly, but um, it's tapping into a set of skills I've had for a long time that I've just kind of ignored for such a long time to get to here. Mm. Yeah, no, like this is a thing, like 2020, <laughs> uh, oh, the year of fun. Uh, yeah, no, put it this way. Yes, I've known that sort of pain of like going on furlough and basically being made redundant. And like, yeah, like basically going like hard with my podcast to like help give it that boost. I know it's a longer term project, but I, I hear you. I feel you. And I think a lot of people out there, uh, are going to have that sort of like epiphanal sort of moment where it's a case of, okay, that happened to me. And okay, what do I really want and for my life? And where do I really want to take it? Because look, like coming out of coming out of university and going, I'm starting my own business. That is, a, that's a hell of a bold step because there is a number <laughs> of people. Oh, come on now. There are a number of It's pretty bold. Yeah, here. yeah would sort of like go you know what let me get a couple of years experience and then like you know what i mean go out in there and then i don't know like if you kind of like got caught up in the whole action of the sort of corporate world and before you knew it you blinked and 13 years have gone by and like going oh huh. yeah uh to talk to that absolutely and you're right coming out of university and going you know what i can't have a boss i'm going to be my own boss and do that mm. you know it was the best thing to do and the worst thing yeah. when you're when you're kind of 25 you have no concept of how to be able to manage yourself <laughs> um now that i'm now that i'm 41 um i know how to manage myself which is it's it's much better and that's really what like living in and working in a corporate um experience there has, has taught me is how to be able to actually manage my time and manage myself better mm. and how to be able to take, to take care of myself better rather than just spending stupid nights like really late and then getting up late the next morning and trying to get to work and do do the thing you know like be be a business um and it's not like that i, I wasn't unsuccessful it's just that um that that first two years uh, yeah i was more the problem than than trying to get clients or you know working a business was it was definitely me that was the was the fault there but i learned a lot and i i really i kind of live by the mantra of fail fast fail forward and ah. that's to you know if, if if you do the thing and you fail at it don't like pick yourself back up again and, and learn from that and get on and and try again or do something else or do something different um Rather than kind of wallow in it and, and step uh, sit back and, and just you know, live in the past, um, and you, you did mention there um, the comfort, I suppose, of, of of a corporate existence, and it really is that that's kind of the enticing thing. It's the it's the dragon that you all chase is that that extra pay packet or the the little bit extra money in the pay at the end of the end of the year when you get the bonus or the you know the the little bit of an increase, and you know you tell yourself, uh, for, or at least I told myself, um, you know every year, no, this is right, this is the thing to do, this yeah. is what you what you're supposed to be doing here. You're you're earning money, and you can pay the rent, and you can eat, and you can live, and you know, and then you got like you kind of go to work every morning, and you look around, and you're like, oh, I'm still here. What am I doing? <laughs> um, you know, and so back in back in about. Um, like, as I said, I've written online for quite a long time. So back in about 2013, a beautiful thing happened. And that was um, 
the developers of one of the developers of Twitter created a platform called medium.com. I'm not sure if yeah. you've heard of medium or not, but um, medium wasn't a paid thing at, at all, but it, it gave me without having to stand up a whole website. And I've, I've tried having a website a few times, but it was just too much hassle. It gave me a, a platform that I could use to be able to write content pretty consistently on um, and then get feedback on immediately. So I'd be able to get, whether it was through the, the vanity metrics, like a like or yeah. I think they had a, at that point, they had like a little love heart thing. Um, they've now moved to Claps um, and a paid program, which I'm, I'm also a part of. But it was really that that gave me the spark again back when I was about, uh, well, I was 33 at the time and it was launched. So, um, you know, the, for those few years, I kind of wrote a few articles and toiled away and did a few of those things while I was working my, my normal job. And 2017 comes around and they launch the partner program. I couldn't sign up fast after the partner program because um, it meant that I could publish my articles, put them onto online publications and be paid for them. So uh, through the, if they were a good article and people liked them, they'd, they'd share it, they'd clap for it, they'd do the different things. Um, and that would equate to a residual amount of money coming my way. And initially, you know, I, I still remember... Um, I was at a conference at the time for work and I remember getting the email, the very first email from the partner program going, you've been paid $5.03. And I went, I mean, technically now I can call myself a professional writer, right? I've been paid for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a well, lot. Well, but- well, like, look, you are a professional writer. You bill paid five, like $5.35. That means you can't eat that well. <laughs> right, right. But... But it's much better than trying to eat, eat the, the the likes and the shares and the claps that are on the Absolutely. platform, right? It was 100% better. So and I, so I went, I looked at that and I went, you know, I've only got two articles up there at the moment I've got in that system. Mm. What would it look like if I had 100 of those articles or 1,000 of those articles? Yeah. I can tell you now, I haven't, having, having worked a corporate job, I haven't got 100 or 1,000 articles out there right now. But um, I've consistently kept, you know, just in the background using that as a way to be able to show some creativity and to be able to explore what a side hustle could look like. Um, and then it came to about probably about, about a year and a half ago. <clears throat> um, and I came home one night after work and I usually used to journal quite a lot. But I, um, I, I started writing something on a piece of paper and I, I kind of went, okay, well, this, this seems interesting. Flip the page over. And I wrote this. And this is actually my original plan for me to become a copywriter that I wrote um, like nearly a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now. And it's just this piece of sort of A5 bit of paper that just has, you know, everything I had in my head at the time about what, where I needed to go, how to get to the next stage. Um, and I keep it around. Like I, I haven't laminated it and it's hung on the wall. Or fr- I probably should frame it at some point because it'll get damaged at some point, I'm sure. I've got it in the, I've got it in the back of my, my journal. Yep. And every, any any time I um I get a bit sort of feel like I'm going off path or any time I was feeling like I was going off path, I'd just sort of take a look at this and go, okay, well, I, have, I haven't done a lot of this. I'll do some of that now. And it'd be like the next thing on the journey. Um, fast forward to 2020. Um, I've got, you know, several articles. I had a couple of articles go pretty viral on Medium. Um, I think one of them has 42,000 views and like 36,000 reads or something. It's, it's in, in that order. I haven't looked at the stats for a while, but... Um, you know, and I, I started seeing real tangible money being made on that platform. I think to date, I think I've made about $5,000 off the platform, which isn't, isn't, you know, anything to shake a stick at, but it's been over time. It's been, you know, mm. over three years, three, four years. Um, so, you know, knowing that I had the right set of skills to be able to write and write comp- compelling content and, and, you know, articles in that space and then combining it with a business plan, um, 
or well, at least this piece of paper that looked like a business plan, um, converts into me continuing to think about, well, where can I go with this set of skills? How can I take myself from what I'm doing now in a corporate, corporate world and kind of be the master of my own destiny again? Um, and, you know, I think, you know, the rest of the story, 2020 hit and COVID gave me an opportunity as much as it's a terrible thing, it still gave me an opportunity at the end of last year to start to explore exactly what that means in a day, day-to-day basis. Um, yeah. and in a very short space of time, I've been able to work with some great clients. Like I've, I've got, uh, it's not a completely full client book, but uh, there's always room for improvement, but um, some great people. And, you know, I've done some, some pretty wonderful things in the, in the past little while. Yeah. No, like this is the thing. The way I found out about Medium, uh, there is a YouTuber called Shelby Church, and like basically she like uh, she how can I put it she sort of investigates certain ways to make different ways of making money and bringing in income like as a content creator youtuber and like yeah I first discovered her when she was talking about podcasts kind of really interesting and then she went on to medium and like because she's got an audience pre uh like going on to medium it may have like helped boost her slightly and bring a little bit more attention but the way she was like it was one of her biggest surprises of 2020 the sort of money she made uh from there because she was like equate it to if you've got a thousand views on youtube she most probably bring in like 15 to 20 dollars on her i think on her cpm maybe her cpm uh but then obviously YouTube take their cut and everything like this. And she was like, going, yeah, she was amazed at how that took off because when she started, it was pretty much like yourself. It was like, okay, she made $5, like 35 cents. And it was like, yeah. And then it was like, yeah, $80. Then it was like, yeah. to the sums of money you were just mentioning in the conversation. But the reason why I bring it up is because, yeah, the opportunities there for people to actually sort of take their sort of like creative dreams forward are uh, bigger than ever uh, before, if you get what I mean. Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I, I would I address anyone who wants to come onto the platform or to, and I'm not a, I'm not affiliate marketer. I should say that first off, I'm not a part of medium other than a part as a part of the partner program. I'm not actually, I'm not employed by them at all, but I, um, I, I don't know how many people I've said, you know what, Hey, you write some great stuff. Um, you should write over on medium and actually make a little bit of, a little bit of dollar in the background mm. of some, some, some coin. Um, th- there is always a downside to it though, too. Yeah. And the, the downside is that um, you are building on shifting sands and, and a, a few writers out there have, have um, been caught out by medium, by the, the algorithm changing about how either they calculate the money that comes to you or yeah. the way that the way the viewing happens on the platform, because if they've made some pretty drastic changes in the last few years and um, you know, there's always, there's always that one, one or two people who get caught out by um, them making $10,000 a month. And they're expecting that they're going to be able to do that consistently for the next you know rest of their life on the platform. And then something changes and it goes from $10,000 to $2,000. And all of a sudden they don't really have you know much of a business and they can't, eat and pay the rent um so as i said medium's great it's a good place to be able to have a, a, a taste of what writing for a living can can look like it's a great place to continue to publish i've just published an article yesterday actually um out on the platform and hoping that that's going to take off on one of the publications and there's some great places to to read and great great uh, publications to read on medium as well but um 
it's always good to try and have your own thing as well. So whether it be starting an email list, um, and I'd be a terrible content strategist just if I didn't say have your own email list because that's <laughs> one of the big the big cornerstones of, of uh, content marketing these days. Yeah, um, have your own email list and be able to to grow your audience not just on the platform but off the platform too. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just a little bit distracted because like they just started some doing some building work downstairs. I don't know if you can. Oh, you're fine. Okay. No, I can't hear a thing. No. Oh, right. <laughs> that because I like you're like, okay, no. But okay, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you did mention like, yeah, starting your own email list and everything like this. Like with regards to um this is something I need to do myself because <laughs> no, no, I say this because uh, one of the things about say podcasting, one of the hardest things about it is discoverability uh, with podcasts mm-hmm. and yeah, building an email list to say, okay, I've got a new episode out. And if I built a list of a thousand people, if like a hundred people show up for it, that makes things a hell of a lot better than it just sort of sitting out of the ether, uh, just waiting, hoping, right. I guess, get up there and like my subscribers get on there on a regular basis but yeah like with regards to email lists how would you say that what has been your sort of strategy to build an email list and can I ask how many people do you have on your email list I'm actually rebuilding mine currently because I've I've have had an email list in the past but um, I've decided to shift platforms and, and I've got a whole different strategy of my own um, now to be able to to go through so rather than bombard an existing marketing list of people with just some stuff I'm going to just I've, I've decided to rebuild the list and and get it going which sounds really detrimental a lot of people live and die on their email list so um, I, I had about I think 1500 around that sort of on, on, on a list at one point, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not, um, not going to go too, too hard with that. I mean, in corporate life, I was also working with email marketing in my corporate life too. So I've, I've gained a lot of skills through that. And, you know, that was sort of, you know, seven, 8,000 people on a list at that point for, but it was targeted for internal, of course. Yeah. So the um, email marketing strategies to be able to get, get people to sign up for your email marketing, of course, um, is always, it's always the trick. Uh, you'll see a lot of people using um, Instagram and Instagram stories, or they'll use, um, you know, sort of swipe up links on on Facebook, or you know, they're even using Twitter to be able to generate those those click through kind of landing page kind of things. Yeah. Um, uh, creating a lead magnet is often a, a way that some people go go about getting that or creating an offer. What I like to do is probably a little different. I, I hate the concept of a lead magnet. Uh, and I know it works in a lot of places, but that whole Hey, come and download my ebook. And to be able to do that, here's, here's, give me some email details and I'll email you my ebook and then you'll be forever on my email list until you unsubscribe. <laughs> I think it's a bit, it's a little disingenuous because it's not, there's a payoff, of course, because they're getting yeah. a PDF or they're getting something in return. Um, what I prefer to do is say, okay, well, give me an email, well, give me your email address and you'll get access to my, my sort of inner, inner circle page. And on that page, I'll continue to update new tools that I either quickly develop or, you know, new documents that I've come together or some templates. So it's not about value once, it's about value over time. Yes. Um, because the biggest thing that I find is uh, it's not actually just connecting on the web or through a social media platform to be able to get onto an email list. Um, converting people through word of mouth. If, you've, if, if, you know, I had a friend of mine tell me, hey, there's this really great thing and you can get these cool templates and stuff. Um, that recommendation is often stronger than me seeing an ad on a web page going, you know, hey, download this thing and I'll and give me your email address. Um, not to say that I, I haven't done that. I've actually, I've had, had made a bit of a game of it over the last year 
um, just to see how many times. So every time I see an ebook that pops up or an email list that pops up, I use I use a thing called temp mail or, or a little temporary mail address, and I put it into their email thing, and it'll it'll still give me the book, but I don't actually give out divulge my my email details and that kind of sense. So using those kind of like um, those email systems to to protect my own email address. Yeah. Um, and I think I'd, I'd have to look at it again, but I think I've got something in the order of about three hundred and ninety different like lead magnet drops that people have given over the last year. Um, just, just as a way to be able to see how this works with this email marketing component, how other people attract and, and what type of quality are they giving out? And sometimes they give out these amazing 60 page manuals about marketing. And sometimes they're giving out this kind of four page pamphlet about everything you already knew and you could find on <laughs> one Google. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a really big different thing. Uh, so this is why I don't think lead market or lead, mar- lead magnets. I think they work in some cases, but, you know, sometimes the, the words that are on the tin don't quite match what's, you know, in the box when you finally open it up, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I prefer to do that, that email drop over time. And, like, I think that's it's one of the parts of email uh, marketing is it's, you're building community and mm. you, need to, you need to approach it like building community. You're not trying to just market to people. You're trying to attract them into a, an ecosystem of your own that you can then continue to nurture them and continue to, to guide them. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people when they like start out and they sort of like start out, I think a little bit misguided and they rather than sort of build a community approach, uh, they like go, I need to be everywhere. And they sort of do the carpet bombing approach. And when you're carpet bombing, yeah, it's effective in sort of destroying the area and like laying way <laughs> like <laughs> all you was like behold but it doesn't sort of like go you're not going to really sort of endear yourself with people to like go say ah thank you uh, very much for all 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 the information you've given me (sighs) please yeah absolutely (laughs) it's 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 one of those things like i mean even when i started my business again um about middle of last year you know, I initially had that knee jerk. Oh man, I've got to be on every platform. I've got to get all my handles. I've got to get everything. And while I do recommend people to own the space that of the different platforms, so if you're on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, get your business name or your handle yeah. um, set up on different pages and things. Even if you do nothing with them, it's just so you've got them if you want to go that direction. But um, you know, the the old adage of pick two two platforms and do those two platforms really well. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll add one thing to that, and that is. Do your research and pick two. And the research that you need to do is really, is my community even there? Is the, is the, the client that I want, is the person that I want to talk to, um, either in a one-on-one perspective or as a collective group, are they even on the platform? Because there's no, there's no point spending, you know, going, oh, I really like Twitter and I really like Instagram. So mm-hmm. let's do those. And you actually find out six months down the track, you've got 500 people on, on Instagram, which is great, but you've got... 10 people on Twitter now because no one on Twitter cares that your messages, whatever that message is. So do your research first. Um, and you know that you can do that by looking at other competitors in the market, or you can look at, do that by, you know, just asking around, even just jumping into other groups and going, Hey, if I started this, what do you think? Mm. Um, if it might be a bit compatible, people will tell you pretty quickly where to go if it's not the right place to go. Um, so do that research and, and just understand, you know, yes, I think, okay, Facebook, has the people that I think I want to talk to and so does Instagram or maybe it's Facebook and Twitter or Pinterest even or, you know, there's, there's a whole whole litany of them out there these days. Yeah, you don't really hear much about Pinterest, but it's one of those, I think it's one of those dirty little secrets where it's it's there, people don't like a Pinterest, 
and uh, people are um, yeah pinterest but there is a lot of people out on that pinterest oh, uh, I would be a poor content strategist if I did said ignored Pinterest. Pinterest has um, a marketing sense of its own, and um, that that rapid fire visual stuff that people have got into just to mm. to scroll through Pinterest. It's it's everywhere. Like you're scrolling through Instagram and Facebook as well. You know, Twitter the same thing. But Pinterest because it's all visual and it, you know it's a feast for the eyes. It's a quick way to be able to get um, really great looking content um, into the hands of you know people who are your demographic. The weird thing about Pinterest, though, is, is you'd think that there'd be particular people who go after it. I mean, I use it for mood boards and research, and I, I, I'm a bit of a fan of fantasy stuff and sci-fi, so I, I collect a few things over there as well. It's kind of just like my brain dumping ground that I collect things on. But, you know, I would not have expected that there would be many other you know, 41-year-old guys using huh. Pinterest. And it turns out there's masses and masses of, of all sorts of demographics there using it for all sorts of purposes. So... Um, not that I would say put bet the farm on Pinterest, but it's oh, another it, it's another thing in the in the the quiver for you to be able to pull out and use in your marketing for sure. Mm, yeah, like talking about quivers, like the new kid on the block, which has been around for about a year and well, about a year year and a half, I think. Clubhouse, you mentioned this, and like I yeah yeah I have sort of like recently got Clubhouse Android user so couldn't be an early adopter but yeah, i haven't been on it i've only been on it once to listen to a friend's clubhouse i was like okay interesting what have you found has been the sort of advantages disadvantages the highs the lows or the sort of misconceptions maybe of the whole platform sure um it's a great question. Um, I've been just because we've had um, a, a challenger to the clubhouse space open up in the last four days. I think I've been talking um, probably to you know the, a thousand people in the last four days just about clubhouse and versus this other platform, which I'll <laughs> mention as well in a second. But look, clubhouse is if no one's approached it before, it's a social audio platform. So right versus social media, what this means is that it's like a big giant conference. There's a, what they call a hallway and you've got rooms in the hallway. Of course, people are in those rooms on, on the virtual stages and they're talking about things. And, you know, the, the type of topic that you can find one room to another is not just about business. It's not just about entrepreneurship or, you know, marketing. It's vast. It'll be about whether... You know, um, Leeds is going to win the quarterfinal this year, or you know, is Biden the right president in for America? Right down to, hey, did you, did you hear about the latest lockdown in Victoria of Australia? Yeah. So there's there's all sorts of different reasons. There's social rooms. There's there's a whole different lot of reasons to use it. Um, you know, I've been on the platform since late January. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got about oh, nearly one point two thousand followers on there, which is not not. It's a small, that's a small following. Like most people sort of, you know, build much faster and much, much quicker. Um, I prefer that organic growth approach, but, you know, like I found, I've I've kind of found, um, you know, without being exclusionary, my tribe over there, I found the, the, the group of people that I want to hang out with regularly in a social perspective. Yeah. But I've also found, you know, the other copywriters, um, I found other marketers that I love to talk to. And we've, it's just, it's a place where two things happen. One time moves like lightning over there like you you start up clubhouse and you, i'll just be on here for half an hour mm. six hours later you actually you've, you've been on four rooms and, and you you <laughs> wonder where the day's gone um and that's that clubhouse effect is and there used to be this thing called the clubhouse hangover and it was because people were staying on like and even myself you'd stay on 
till midnight till one it'll be 2 a.m and you're like well okay i'll go to bed at 3 a.m and then get back up again right and the next day you'd be like you had a hangover so the clubhouse hangover is real if you were if you're very engaged in the platform um but as it's social audio there's no there's no place to um communicate you know a brand there's no, no there's no real place for you to be able to to talk to a particular um you know like set, set of text you can't you can't really throw links at each other there's no yeah. chat except for the voice yeah. so the, the biggest branding thing you can do is really your um your little profile image which you can change pretty rapidly and then you've also got your bio and in your bio it's you can write some quite long things in your bio which you can add a few links to um, and you can link your Twitter and your Instagram to it, which gives you a way to be able to talk off platform or at least build your audiences elsewhere. Mm. Um, but look, I, I think Clubhouse is a, or social audio as, as a whole is it's, it's relatively new um, in this format, at least it has, there was an attempt with Skype years ago to do something similar back in <laughs> 2005. Um, but as we know, Skype's gone, it's done what it's done, but you know, modern technologies move. We've got these smartphones. Now they do some fantastic things. And including this, it's, it's this sort of ephemeral platform where you can have great conversations with people. And this is the best thing about it is you don't just have to have conversations with people who are, you know, just the average Joe in the street. Um, it's a great leveler. So I've been in rooms where, you know, I've been talking to, um, you know, machine learning experts from Google and NASA and Tesla. Um, you know, we've been, you've been in rooms where you've been, you're listening to um, Snoop Dogg talk um, about <laughs> like, you know, the latest tech with MC Hammer, you know, like just, just really diverse connections you've got. Like there was a room today where um, if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, Michael Dawn, who played Worf, jumped into a room for his first time and we've just in there for an hour just answering questions and just just talking about stuff he's been doing yeah um and 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 it's just it's just they're just normal people like it's actually a complete leveler um and it's 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 a bit endearing too you see these like massive celebrities come on and they've got a following of like 14 people and you've got like a thousand people it's kind of this weird (laughs) balance thing um but no, look, look, Clubhouse is a, is a great place to be. Um, it is time consuming and it, it can mm. consume quite a lot of your, your mental capacity as well. But you can just think about it like an interactive podcast, really. You jump in a room, you mm-hmm. can listen to it. And if there's something you, you go, hey, I know about that. Or, hey, I'd love to talk about that. You can just raise your hand and get up on stage and start talking about that thing with the group of people. Yeah. No, I'm like this is the thing. I've got to say, I, <laughs> I do like the... The kind of randomness where you like, yes, Michael Dawn was there. It's like, okay, right. Yeah. I've got to say, I do, I do love Michael Dawn. There's a TV show called Invincible where he's now playing this character called Battle Beast. Yep. <laughs> Mental. But still, but like to go, yeah, Snoop Dogg and tech, you're like going, wait, Snoop Dogg? Tech? Yeah, well, but, but even just even to hear <laughs> MC Hammer, so MC Hammer and like uh, a head of a genetic research, like a, a fully researched geneticist, and yeah. like you know a machine learning guy talking about crypto, and here's MC Hammer just like you know talking about the whole thing in the group as well. Um, it, it's it's just amazing to hear like mm. um, the even though he's got a large amount of celebrity, it, he's it, he's an he's got a, an immense mind as well. That is just wonderful to, to listen to. Um, so it's it's great to be able to and like I could have I could have if I wanted to put my hand up and get up on stage and probably ask him a question or you know just start conversing about the same thing. Yeah. Because um, they're people too, and I think that's the bit that I love about social audio platforms is it's a really great leveler. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think with the likes of Clubhouse and like wherever competitors come along, do you think it's going to still be a standalone actual thing? Or do you think like platforms like Twitter or like maybe Instagram or maybe even um, TikTok will like sort of like bring it in as addition to what they're currently doing as well? Great that question. Um, it, it, absolutely great question. The, um, the Twitter spaces is one that Twitter's already played with and that's something that is available to most people who have over 600 followers right now. Mm. Um, I know LinkedIn are playing with their own social audio platform, same with Facebook. Um, you know, Slack, if you've, if you've ever heard of Slack, which is a, a kind of a business tool that a lot of people use out there, they're, they're playing with some audio stuff. Um, Spotify has just released um, last week. So it was for me in, in Australia, it was last Wednesday, uh, so last Thursday. Mm. Um, uh, they recently purchased a thing called Locker Room, which was purely about sports. Um, but they've now rebranded that called Spotify Green Room. And it's now a, an open slather platform, much like Clubhouse. So it's it's a direct competitor to Clubhouse in that kind of sense. As I said, I've just wrote, written this article about exactly this. Um, and about the other competitors that are rising as well. There's there's probably about 38 that I'm tracking um, in and around the space. And not for all the same reason, though. The social audio is is wider than just the Clubhouse or, or Green Room experience. There's yeah. a whole heap of other reasons to use it as well. but um there's a lot of a lot of competitive competitive nature in this in this space and there's there's a lot that's probably going to be coming in the next year mm. um, in all sorts of flavors but as you said embedded in other platforms yes i think there'll, there'll be plenty of them that have them that embedded um spotify's not done that as yet that's, that's a separate app yeah. but i've seen some stuff this week where it's even like you know download this bit of code put it into your wordpress website or to your other website and there's a button on your front page you click it and it starts a stage and people can immediately start talking right there on your website about the article that you've written, if, if it was in that kind of sense. I don't know how attractive that would be to most people, but, um, <laughs> you know, in the right context that in the right circumstance, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, and, and this is only, the, we're only cresting the wave now. We're, we haven't even explored what, you know, what it means for, for other things as well. The, the Spotify thing is a podcast play. They're definitely doing something over there about podcasting and being able to record rooms with your audience and get that published. Um, you know, Clubhouse has just put out its creative first program as well, where there's, they're, they're now um, involving some of the users who create like great, like almost shows in their rooms um, to be able to promote and, and create really great content. They're actually paying them, I think. And they've also, they've, they've just delivered them out like a nice little creator box with an iPhone 12 Pro in it to be able to start creating content better. Um, That's generous. Yeah, there's like, there's, there's, a, there's a whole heap of stuff. Yeah, I've, I've, I talked to a few of them and, um, you know, they're, they're a bit, blown away but that being on a platform for a few months and coming up with a few a few great a few funny ideas they've now they got to hear um but the advantages are huge i think um not in, not only for just for the individual to build an audience but branding as well like brands and um you know and being able to you know represent either a brand or a particular way of thinking to be able to get people into that brand to talk to your demographic to get that like if you and i don't want to go too deep into the marketing terms but um you know, doing that user research right on the platform, you can't get better than the person speaking it to you immediately. If you mm. ask, a, ask a question in a room, hey, what do you think of this product? And you get the, the polarizing response. Um, you know, it's a marketer's dream to be able to get in there. You're getting user groups without even, you're not really paying for the money. You're just getting into rooms and asking <laughs> them the questions. Uh, I would suppose like if you get into those rooms, like the demographic might be 
a little bit not so much controlled as it normally would be but right uh, you're still getting that information that you're still getting that rich source of information and maybe with that diverse group you might be getting a nugget of information you never thought you'd ever get before something completely new Absolutely. And look, I mean, I think any, if you were running a, a user group session or a, um, you're using some sort of like, you know, a group marketing sort of session with a product or service or, you know, something else you were trying to turn a right content for or, or market, um, you're going to go try and get a, a fairly broad brush of the community anyway. Mm. Um, so whether you've got, you know, some people who are on stage who are um, 18 or to 65, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, I think you've, you've got a, a good, section of or cross section of people usually when you get into a room anyhow um and that doesn't go to say for things like social rooms so i've got a social room that i i attend nearly every day now there's about 10 or 12 of us who usually float in and out i use it like co like virtual co-working um as you might know working from home can be a bit soul crushing by yourself yes you can listen to some podcasts and some music but um it's always great to have just a bit of discussion happening too and i've used that as a way to be able to keep myself kind of amused and entertained while I also mm. work um, and to be able to, you know, help people on the platform too. I love giving back to that group um, just about thoughts and ideas that they've got. Um, so it, it's, it's like a big melting pot for me. Um, yeah. I, I can't see myself stopping to use any social audio platform. I'm not moving to greenhouse, right? No, sorry. Greenhouse. That's, <laughs> I knew I'd, I knew I'd say it. Um, I'm not moving to green room right now. Um, yeah. I'm staying on clubhouse for the time being just because it's kind of where my people are at. Mm. Um, but yeah, this space is going to be huge uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, no, like this is the thing. Like when you're tracking, like wow, when you're tracking 38 different platforms and like basically trying to work out which way to go, like um, just that sort of dilution of time and focus, it's <laughs> it's difficult, very difficult. And like you know, FOMO is very real. Uh, at times like you know <laughs> because when i was like when i they just had it on apple i was like going i must get on i must get on i must get on I must get on and like now it's on android I'm like okay it's here now what do i do with it yeah, right. <laughs> so, I'm, like, so i'm like being a little bit stumped there but i'm getting i'll get my act together and get things going oh yeah, before, for sure. you, before you answer any question like if you see my face change it's not you it's just oh, that's okay. I, I, I get to do, I could hear before there was a bit of hammering, I think, going yeah. on. So, yeah, so that's, that's like, fine. Okay. This is totally unexpected. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. But, yeah. As I was saying, like, yeah, trying to, like, now I've got Clubhouse at my disposal. I'm just trying to work out what I'll do with it and how I can use it <laughs> if I'll be doing rooms or just like answering questions uh, in other people's rooms. It's just, yeah, just getting that time down. Right. Yeah, look, it, it, it is a time commitment in, in some cases. Like um, I try to limit myself down. Sometimes it, it's, 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 again, it's that FOMO thing, right? Like it's just, you get a little bit FOMO and you're like, oh, I wonder what the group's talking about right now. Yeah. You just want to jump in. So I've, I've thankfully learned a way to be able to listen to that while I still work and, and not, not impede my work because you could get wrapped up into conversations a lot. And yeah, sometimes it's just nice. Like I'll, I'll be, they'll be talking about something uh, quite, quite particular and I'll, to be able to step away from my work and just unmute and have a chat for a bit and then come back. And it's, it's kind of feels like that office environment, like I'm used to in the corporate. So um, it's, it's been a really great, uh, a great way to, to do that. Uh, talking about FOMO though, um, one of the things I'm not so keen on um, with green room is okay. they've, they've launched this, they've launched this weird vanity metric, which is, is gems. 
So um, the early on, early days when I first got onto Clubhouse, there's this concept of dropping gems. In other words, being on a stage and giving out great information to people and you'd hear yeah. other stage uh, participants say, oh, you're just dropping gems. Yeah, this, is, this, this guy is doing great stuff. And and for some reason, they've taken like, you know, one of the the worst concepts or one of the weirdest concepts out of Clubhouse and they've made it a full feature now on on um, Spotify Greenroom. Um, so you can be on a stage and, and the way it's supposed to be used is that if you find that a person said something that you like or that you think there's great information or that you agree with, yeah, you can double tap their face and it gives them a little gem. Um, just a little icon pops up and they get an account down the bottom and it adds it to their profile. Um, since Thursday, the, when a lot of the clubhouse people decided to have a play with um, Spotify Greenroom, they've jumped over there. They've started these massive big rooms and all they're doing is sitting around talking about literally nothing and sitting on stage, tapping each other's faces every five, cause it, every five minutes you can give another gem. So there's even a room that um, I was being told about that, um, they had a tone go off in the room every five minutes so that everyone knew that you could tap everyone's face again to be able to give everyone gems. And there's just so there's people sitting on stages right now in green room just gaming that system. And they've got, you know, several like 11, 12, 14,000 gems now. And it's just for no one knows what they're for other than just as a, as a vanity metric. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I was like, going, if, why are they pressing them so much? If I was like beginning to think there's a monetary value to it. Yeah. Or like, yeah like, and like the joke about that is now you can't pay your rent in gems because you can't like, they're just, it's just, it's a number on a screen that means they're, they're internet points, which mean nothing. You know? yeah. so. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, but like, this is the thing. I, I sometimes wonder about Spotify because look, Spotify started as a music platform which everyone used on a regular basis and it was fine and I've spoken to people in the music industry and they're like going yeah like uh, they gripe about the pay and everything like this but one of the things I've noticed definitely in the last sort of like year or so with the introduction of podcasts and stuff like this it's like okay if I'm a music person Okay, and I'm going against a podcast on the short side. It can be anything from maybe 10 minutes to half an hour on the long side. Three hours plus. Right, right. right. How are people meant to listen to my music? And with this addition now, what's that going to be about? So, okay, um, in in my article, I kind of break this down and I'm happy to give you a link to to share in the show notes or something if you'd like. But, um, but the so th- this is my play of the lay or my my vision of what i can see they're doing last year they bought anchor fm so if you're not familiar with anchor or you, you might be familiar but you if anyone who isn't um anchor fm lowered the bar on podcast production um intensely so rather than having to get you know a, you obviously get a great mic and you get your computer but um rather than have to have expensive editing software and being able to, to stitch things together and getting published out on expensive platforms anchor said well you know what for free um, will allow you to be able to come along, put an intro and an outro on a piece of audio and then publish that as a podcast mm. um, to the Anchor store particularly. But Spotify bought that in March last year. Um, fast forward to March this year and they've bought Green Room. The, oh, they've bought Locker Room, sorry, and called it Green Room. But that allows for you to record your stage. So in, inside the app, natively, start a room. It asks you, would you like the audio file at the end of this? Um, and you can just say, yes, I would. There's a couple of caveats. One, it only lasts for an hour. And mm. two, the audio quality isn't really great right now. So hopefully they'll work on that. 
Yeah. But the idea there I can see they've got is with the recording of rooms and an audience in in a stage or watching you do your podcast on a stage, you have immediate audience interaction. It's almost what, you know, it's that, it's that Halcyon podcast 2.0 thing that, that a lot of people have been trying to go for for a few years now. Mm. So you can be on a stage, like you and I could be talking on a stage and we could go, hey, so what does everyone in the audience think about blah? And then rather than just getting a yes, no answer from sort of some other type of polling system, you can get a person in the chat function they've got on there, give you a full text chat of what they think. Or, you know, you could say, hey, um, if you want to raise your hand, we'll bring you up on stage and you can just be on our podcast. Mm. You know, a few minutes after you finished your episode, it's hopefully less than an hour at the moment, but a few minutes after the episode's finished, the host will get a, a file and then they can publish that out, you know, wherever they like. I don't know what the legals look like for pe- other people being on the podcast and things, but um, that, that's yet to be known. But, um, you know, the, the idea there is, is pretty solid, getting you with your audience recorded and then across to Anchor FM, put a common intro and outro on that. And within, you know, two minutes of you push, pushing stop on that room, you can have a podcast episode out to the world. Um, again, shortening that, that barrier. Um, and then I found something um, interesting today that I wasn't aware of that happened last week. Oh. Um, Spotify bought another, another company and it's called Pods, P-O-D-Z. So Pods is a fairly unknown podcast discovery engine. Um, and it's also got a podcast player. With their current release of Green Room the way it is separate from Spotify, yeah, and with the, the implementation that Spotify currently have on their their existing app, which isn't great for podcasts, like compared to like a, a dedicated podcasting app, it's not that good. Um, I think they're going to split their podcasts out of Spotify and go into the Pods uh, application, whatever they call that. I'm not sure, but um, it's the discovery engine that's the interesting part of it. I think they're going to go after Apple Podcasts. So rather than having Apple Podcasts as being the king, where you need to get your links up on Apple Podcasts to get it distributed out throughout the different networks. I think Spotify yeah. is going to go try and take them off the, the top of that or become at least a secondary aggregator that would be just as powerful in that kind of sense. But, and this is where my mind goes with this one. And I like to play a bit of, put the futurist hat on every now and then, yeah. this sort of stuff. When they bought Anchor, you can now inject Spotify music into your podcasts, but... If you do so, you can only publish them on the Spotify podcast store. <laughs> you can't publish them up to Apple Music. Oh, sorry, to Apple Podcasts. You can't put them on any, any other aggregator. I think the play here is that they're going to try and get it so that you can record, publish, and distribute your podcast without ever leaving the Spotify ecosystem. <laughs> that would be... Oh, God. Oh, Wow. Then, then, then you, you you add to that subscriptions, you add to that, you know, other yeah. things and, and, you know, podcasters can start making subscription money off the back end of those things. Like there's, I, I can kind of see this, there's, there's too many things that have lined up in my brain and I've done enough podcasting in my time to understand that by lowering that barrier and lining all these things up as a nice run, um, you know, you get access to more talent, you get access to more shows mm. and, and hopefully better shows. Yeah, because like this is a thing. Um, one, it's different to the video space, like where you've got okay, video space, you've got YouTube and it roars up on high, and there is nothing close to it. And through that sort of lack of competition, I think YouTube's like fallen into like 
not deliberately, but you know what I mean? It's just falling into some ways it shouldn't do. And if it was competition, it may be a little bit sharper. If Spotify do what you think they might do, and like, look, it's a big hypothetical right now, but the sort of shift of uh, getting Joe Rogan on, um, like uh, the other podcast recently, uh, was it um, not Hello Daddy or something like that? It's like another podcast. Uh, yeah, I think it's Hello Daddy, which they paid forty million for, and I think oh, wow. Harry and Meghan Merkel. Uh, that was thirty million a few months <clears> ago, <throat> sort of pushing that way, and yeah, that sort of drive to either become number two or not number one uh, to challenge Apple. Yeah, it's a very interesting time because Apple recently did uh, a sort of podcast sort of membership thing. I can't remember what it was exactly about a month, like, was it two months or a month ago? Yeah, about, about, about that time, yeah. Yeah. So it's like that from the sort of standpoint of competition, I like that because competition means they don't get too carried away. But right. Yeah. But just being on one platform for the music and stuff, I'm not with that. I would still record it and upload it to both platforms, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the, the rub there. I think that you won't have to upload it to both platforms. One, if it's done right. Yeah. Like right now, most of the other podcast directories feed off Apple Podcasts. Mm. But um, so they, they, they'll take a feed from it. They can You can still submit your show to them, but they, they still take a feed from Apple Podcasts. And usually that's... Um, talking to a few other people who do podcasts right now, I know that they, when they start launching a new one, they, they're often waiting the week or two to be able to get reviewed to then get into the podcast store and then have it all happen throughout the other podcast shows. Yeah. Um, and then the subscription model really comes with things like Stitcher and and a few of those other premium, like Acast, those premium platforms. Um, so it, it wasn't anything new, but they've, they've certainly adopted that on, on the Apple podcast side of things. But I think um, you're absolutely right. Competition in any space is always good for the the end user. It's always good for the podcast or the in this case the podcaster. Mm. Um, so I really hope they do, you know, migrate themselves away. I think that it, as, as as this is all speculation anyhow, but I can see them creating a podcast app now based off that that pods acquisition. Mm. I can see them using that as a leverage point to be able to create a premier directory that then podcasters can put their podcast up and hopefully. Um, the review process is a bit kinder than what Apple's is, which can take a couple of weeks sometimes. <laughs> um, and, you know, being able to like going from um, a green room stage recorded with your audience to anchor as the publishing mechanism to pods as the, as the directory that you publish on, you know, if they get it all right, and I'm talking probably the next two years to, for them to get anywhere near this, but, yeah, um, you know, that could be a 30 second solution once everything's lined up, finish, publish, just distribute, it's done. Write some show notes and off you go. Mm. So with that, like, what do you think, like, we've covered, like, a lot in the sort of realm of sure. video and everything like that, which is great. Thank you very much. You've helped no me. No problem. Uh, gives me ideas. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> it's like having a consultant people for free. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so where do you think the future of, like sort of other content platforms might be sort of going because yeah, content strategy is your thing. Where like where do you think it's going? Is it going to be more written word? Is it going to be more video, or is it going to be something different? Yeah, look, I'd I'd like to think that I mean, being a writer, I think I'd like love to see the written word be 
king in that kind of sense. I don't yeah. think that's that's absolutely true. Like, I, I don't think it's ever gonna it's gonna be one one particular thing. I think um, uh, trying to bet the farm on just video or trying to do mm. you know everything in just audio on social audio platforms. You know, I think it is. It's not so much that carpet bombing, but I think it's being very selective about the way you you particularly communicate to your audience and your community. Um, and look, you know, these are all tools. I, you've got to look at them like, you know, it, it, it's a it's a poor hammer to try and nail in a screw. Mm. Um, so why would you try and do the same thing you do on Instagram as you do on Twitter, right? Or, the, or vice versa. So I think they're all tools in the, in the kit bag to use um, in particular ways, depending on where your audiences are, uh, rather than try and sort of say which one's going to win out or, or anything. Um, if anything's proven, when the new social media platform comes along like tiktok or you know linkedin or instagram um there's room for them all the people will be attracted to the ones that that are attracted attractive to them so and where they wherever they can find traction um if i had to bet anything i'd probably still say that the rise of video would continue um i'd be a, a poor content strategist to, to say that video isn't um the most compelling thing we've got right now but that said um I, I'm, I'm heavily tracking where this social audio piece is going, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's definitely something inside of that social social uh, audio realm that will start to rise and, and we'll see some very quick platforms rise and fall. Um, and we'll see some very um, good platforms come to bear and they'll, they'll be here for a long time. Um, it'll just be another tool in, the, in that tool belt. Mm-hmm. Interesting. One like one of the things I've have noticed with regards to after well, not after the pandemic because we're still in it, but is <laughs> that <laughs> with the sort of changing world that the pandemic has brought on, um, like I think like what I've observed that uh, there's a lot more companies which are becoming a little bit more media savvy, if you get what I mean. They are sort of putting out a little bit more content on either your YouTubes or they're trying to do like that sort of interview like process uh, over Zoom and like not so much doing a podcast, but like a sort of like 10, 15 minute interview segment. So they're just producing content on that side of things. Um, Do you see that yourself or have you like found it's been the same? What type of experiences have you been coming across with this? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I think you're absolutely right that um, companies now, um, obviously, they've had a little bit more time sometimes in the day to be able to produce some more content. I think that's always good. But one mm. of the things that has happened, and, and I actually, I hate the term social distancing because um, as much as it, it, it describes what we do when we're out and about, um, so in fact, we're, we're physical distancing, not social distancing. Yeah. We're being more social than ever before just through digital means now. So um I think it's it's uh, the companies of the world um, or the brands of the world have strongly recognised that they can't get in, into they can't print media for them probably doesn't work that well anymore because they can't get to a place to be able to to buy their their magazine or their print media. Mm. Um, you know, stores uh, have been vastly empty throughout the the period of COVID. So you know, printing beautiful huge window ads probably won't ever be seen. So you know, they've had to rotate into digital media. So I think you're absolutely right. Um, uh, and this is probably why I get a lot of work because um, email marketing is is pretty good these days. It's it's something that um, they're they're using a lot more email marketing, a lot more one to one communication methods. So uh, you know it, it, the rise of brands on Instagram and you, the use of 
uh, brands getting heavily into TikTok. Um, I haven't even gone gone there in this conversation, but you know, it, it surprised me that the start of the pandemic, the, right before the pandemic hit, you wouldn't see a bank on TikTok. Um, mm. Now they're all on TikTok. You know, <laughs> you know every every time an ad or every every now and then an ad will pop up, and it'll be you know one of my local banks here um, advertising to the eighteen to twenty four year old. Um, right there in the app like it's just and and they're not even just the the big the big banks like the big old bricks and mortar ones it's all mm. the little digital banks and things that are starting to, to to pop up um so yeah look i think um you're you're right that the, the the surface area has increased with communications um in a digital sense from from brands um over the last 12 months because it's the, they've had to evolve um and uh, you know again like i'll say that said this again in, in sort of tongue-in-cheek a little bit the pandemic is a terrible thing and we've seen some some absolutely horrible things happen across the world yeah but what it has done is it's accelerated our technology probably you know between five and seven years from the start of 2020 to where we are now mm. um i mean we're talking across zoom zoom was heavily used on uh, as just as a business tool that had happened between you know on the odd occasion you couldn't meet face to face yeah now it's you know, one of the most popular video platforms that exists. Um, yeah, Microsoft created and launched a thing called Teams during the, or had, had launched it called Teams. And that's, that's heavily used in the business world now as a way to do video comms yeah. um, remotely. And we all, well, you know, a lot of us, I'm not, not working in corporate anymore, but, you know, I, I spent 385 days working from my desk right where I'm talking to you from now um, for a corporate. So having... Quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of, of days where you have to think about what you're doing and and come in and be present in front of a digital screen. It's obviously changed that game. Um, hence, the technology has had to evolve at the same time. So, if there's any benefit, which again, atrocity across the across the world, and it's something that I wish had never happened. But mm. um, we've come through a period again where we've had to increase. Um, our, our technology base and we've we've kind of it's starting to flourish now because at the, the other side of it well we're not that as you said we're not out of the pandemic yet but no. we're <laughs> we wish, I, I wish it um uh the, the last day of december it would have just gone away that unfortunately not no no uh, unfortunately it did not no i've got to say with regards to like zoom like i'm when i first started this podcast <laughs> oh my lord my thought like i was using skype to like do like the digital mm. now look i see by the way you're sort of like smirking right now uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like look, skype using it for like video recording everything like this is a painful tool they may have improved oh, yeah. it yeah but i am not going anywhere near it or going back to it because i had to set up through a program called obs and then basically that so you have all of this going on and like yeah i'll double check it, triple check it to make sure everything was working right. And soon as someone came on, bam, it would fall apart. And I mean, right. fall apart horribly. I'm like, uh, I tried this a good couple of times, but then about two weeks before the rest of the world discovered it, <laughs> I discovered Zoom. I was like, oh my God. If you ever, look, people out there, if you ever want to start a podcast, don't, do not ever use Skype. Use something else. <laughs> but if you have to get up on the top of your building and wave flags about, it would be better. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, absolutely. Like, Send carrier pigeons. It'll be oh, it'll be cleaner. Trust I will. me. <laughs> I will. But <laughs> two weeks before the world discovered it, and it was just like, oh, it was such a revelation, such a joy. Now, 
everyone like do you know how to use skype yeah i know how to use skype yeah what and like a year and a, a year a year and a half ago like well do you know how to use zoom what? <laughs> They'd be, what what's zoom that's right yeah. i mean even i like I've, I've worked in technology for a long time as well like before i moved into communications and things yeah. and um even when zoom came along initially i was like oh, i'm not really convinced this is really a, a great platform or anything I, I think the only time i'd used it um was when i turned 40 during the pandemic my wife organized um a, a skype call oh, sorry a, a zoom call yeah um and i could i plugged it into my television so we could get like you know 17 or 18 people up on on the thing we had a bit of a virtual birthday party for me which was fantastic and you know i i, I thankfully um have a wonderful wife who would do that for me but um and we had lots of people around the world sort of popping in and out and here and stuff that i know so it was it was really great to have but yeah before that i never really used zoom um and then as it got into the full swing of it around that sort of may june and we were in serious lockdown oh i got very familiar with zoom very quickly um and it's a great platform um for podcasting and stuff there's another one uh, that's out there called Zencaster now. It's um, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Um, and it's kind of built for that that podcasting stuff. So it gives you a couple of extra. Um, so it, my audio and your audio would be separate and those sorts of things. It's still video chat and um, th- just those little bespoke features and things that are coming out um, because the tool sets we had were good. But now because of everything that's happened in the last year, it's got just that extra bit better because um, it's moved a few years ahead very rapidly. Um, I can't wait to see what we're going to be coming out by the end of 2021. Mm, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be grand. I think it's going to be slightly amazing. But yeah. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask this question. Now, this most probably might be one of the most important questions you'll have to answer today. Now, okay, okay, if there was a film, any film out there, with like one of your favorite films, say, and you had to replace the cast with Muppets from The Muppet Show, but you had to have one human, which film would that be and why? Oh, wow. Um, that That's a big question. I, I'm a big film buff um music and films i have a really eclectic mix of, of of loving all sorts of types of media um that's a great one <laughs> look I'm, I'm gonna have to go right back to back to basics okay. i think um i think i would probably pick something like blade runner um mm. with the muppet cast would be hilarious and amazing i think all in one go so george uh, sorry yeah uh, harrison ford's character George, I don't know where I got that from. Harrison Ford's character replaced with, you know, Kermit in his trench coat, I think yeah. would be would be phenomenal to watch. Um, as for the human, though, I don't know who I who I'd have as the as the human companion companion there. Um, I, I'm not sure. Uh, you know what? I'd still have the guy. That, oh no, wait. <laughs> I was going to say you'd still have the guy, the main replicant as the human. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Roy Batty as in um uh, Rutger Hauer, you'd still have yeah. Rutger as the as the yeah, look actually yes, I think that would be amazing because there's that moment where um Rutger's leaning over the balcony as it's raining um and and on, they're on the building edge and he'd be holding Kermit <laughs> by, the, by the foot <laughs> or something in the rain and then t- having that that beautiful soliloquy that that um Rutger produces at that point which is compl- almost completely ad-libbed as far as i'm aware um just with 
Kermit's reaction to that would be hilarious. Yeah, I think I think it'd have to be Blade Runner. That that's amazing. Awesome, love it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know what? I like this is the thing. I when I do this, I, I I think on this occasion, if I had to do it, I'm gonna go with Aliens. <laughs> oh, another another favorite of mine. I've only just finished. Uh, probably two weeks ago, uh, I put myself through watching every one of the aliens in in sequence. So um, I've watched all of that, all of the Predators, the whole lot. So I love the film series. I think it's great. Okay. You watched every single Aliens film? Aliens? Yeah. So I, I went back and I watched Prometheus and then yes. the sequel to Prometheus, which I can't remember the name um, of right now. Um, oh, not with Agent. Uh, no, God. I no, know. I can't. It's I've lost it as well. But then, <laughs> then so so I've watched those two. Then I've watched um, Alien, Alien. Um, uh, no, so that that's Alien. Oh, three, Alien Four is Requiem. Okay. Um, I, I've watched Aliens Three, Four. Then I've watched like Predator, AVP. You know, all of those different films. I just watched them all back to back. I love them. Um, <laughs> and funnily enough, that we've mentioned Aliens now as well is that there is the fan theory, and, and it's kind of. It's 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 actually a, not so much a fan theory these days, but Blade Runner actually is in the same universe yeah. as Aliens because it, it's got there's a few tradings of the company names and things on on interfaces and displays. So that's that's ideal. But anyway, Aliens with, with the Muppets that'd be yep. that'd be strange. <laughs> like, like, who's who's playing who's playing Sigourney Weaver's character, or is Sigourney still in it? And like, and you've got you know the others just running around mad. Like this is the thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is where my mind. Um, Basically, the, 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 the xenomorphs are the xenomorphs, and everyone else is Muppets. <laughs> that's it. Like, oh, right. Even, <laughs> that's, oh, that's perfect. I'd like to think that, they, that because of Sigourney's character, they'd actually create a Sigourney Muppet, like a, a special Muppet of just her <laughs> to do to do this stuff. Um, I'd love to, like, I can see Fozzy, uh, Fozzy Bear being like Bishop playing playing the android. Waka waka waka. Yep, yep. Every time, every single time. Oh, that's that's amazing. I, I think I think you've got you've, you've hit across something really really special here. I think we need to we need to compel now the Muppet Studios to, to remake these films. Yeah, yeah, Disney. <laughs> uh, uh, we know you've not been doing a terrible lot with the Muppets, but <laughs> uh, with a little budget, <laughs> we just can... and some and 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 the two of us, we could we could rewrite your entire thing. You know? <laughs> You're gonna love it. Is that going? So let me get this right. This xenomorph is going to come down in the middle of them and start hacking up Muppets left, right. Oh, <laughs> I just, I, I, what the, the bit that I would love, and this is me being a bit morbid, I suppose, about it, but it's the moment where, um, you know, the first chest burster happens and it's a Muppet <laughs> with the chest. I, I just, I, I don't even know which character would be. Was it, is it maybe it's Gonzo and Gonzo's got the chest. He's, he's been attacked and he's got the chest, but I, I don't know. Yeah, like, it'd be, it'd be so, <laughs> Such a strange thing to see. It'd be great though. I'd I, I would I would die to see that film. <laughs> I could just see Gonzo's face staring out to the side. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit dead. Just just yeah. a bit dead in the eyes now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just like wow. <laughs> Actually, even better. Um, the 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 extended Muppet cast, the prawn character. I can't remember oh, what his yeah. name is. I, um, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Right, right, right. But maybe he's the chestburster. <laughs> 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 oh, that's some bad seafood. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, wow. That's wow. 
I'm uh, I'm going to be thinking long and hard about this now. You've you've got me on a on a tangent. I'm going to have to uh, to to come up with some concepts. <laughs> hey, what can I say? You're you're welcome. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be having wonderful dreams tonight. I'm sure. It's okay. <laughs> dreams or nightmares? Who knows? Well, either way. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn! Wow. I... <laughs> I've got to say, look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And I got to say, Tim, like, thank you for sort of being with the sort of, the, how can I say, the background noise, which you may have picked oh, up. Oh, no, look, I, I, I heard it once and I think that was it. It was, whatever, it was nothing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what's going on? Why is everything vibrating? Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, now... Can you tell the lovely people how they can find you, how they can get you out on the big wide webs? Absolutely. Like I, I can give them the best link, I suppose, is uh, my website. So uh, hellotimking.com. If you add forward slash links to that, you'll get to all of my places. So that's Medium and Clubhouse. And, you know, you can book some time with me to be able to have a chat if you'd like. Um, and you'll be able to read a lot of my stuff over there on my website. So just hellotimking.com. Or if you're on, already on platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, and you know, at most other places, um, just at Hello Tim King is where I usually hang out. But um, you'll find me on Clubhouse a lot of the time. Um, come and say hi. I'd, I'd love to have a chat. Uh, yes, I will definitely be saying hi to you because I'm on the Clubhouse too. So, yes, oh, no. I'll track you down. <laughs> well, it's easy enough. I've got your links here with me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, Tim, for coming on today. You have been awesome. You've been excellent. You've been fantastic. <laughs> and I'd like to say thank you to you, my friends, my life warriors out there. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic, be all the positive bees you can be, and then some. Woo! Peace. And ooh, where are we? We are 